Welcome to Unity of Tucson. I had a hard time this morning uh, for one purpose, really, uh, when I was considering my message today. The challenge that I had this morning is that I, on Wednesday, just as almost a flippant remark, said, oh, just call my talk, causation does not, or correlation does not equal causation. And at the time that I decided that, I knew that I had read something somewhere that made that spark in my mind, and that I thought, oh, I have to remember to come back to this, and try as I might, I could not find what sparked that this morning, so (laughs) you're going to get what you get today whatever that may be. I'm going to make it up. Well, you know what? You just intuited the talk. Okay, we're done. Bye. <laughs> it actually is a good lead-in to how I, how I then decided to start today, and it, and it is this. We live in a world of context. What does he mean by that? What I mean by that is we are individualizations of the infinite divine power. That's that's part of the teaching. We are individualizations, unique individualizations of God. We are the infinite divine power expressing as us. And the context in which we move and live and have our being is the world we live in. And our experience of the context is a mental construct entirely. So experience is entirely a mental construct, which leads me to say it's all made up. It's all made up. We live in relationship to circumstances, to form. We live in, circumstance, we live in relational circumstance to one another. And the way in which we decide for those circumstances and the relationships to be that is our experience of them, because have you ever had a, an experience yourself where you have been in the same room, having the same circumstances unfold, and your experience of it was entirely different from somebody else's? I can guarantee you that's happening in this room right now. Your experience of life is entirely a mental construct. It's entirely how you decide to have the experience of relating to your circumstances. We tend to understand and and define our lives, though, based on our relationship to those circumstances. That happens. I've done it. I do it still. You know, we have a a, uh, joke in class sometimes. I say it's a joke, but it's actually not a joke. In classroom situations, which is, you know, classes is where you really can get to the nitty-gritty of this philosophy and really begin to implement the, the principles in your life if you so choose. And one of the first things we teach in kind of a foundational level is that your thoughts create your experience, and then your beliefs create your experience, and now I'm even saying your feelings related to your thoughts and beliefs, that's what's creating your experience. It's all inside, right? And then somebody will say, well, I'm not really sure what I believe. And I say, 
the manner in which you understand what it is you believe is by looking at the circumstances of your life. If you want to know what you believe, it's all out there being created by means of you. And so if you, aren't, if you don't know what you believe, look at your life. That's the joke. That's the joke. I don't know what I believe. Well, look at your life, because your life is a complete corresponding unfoldment of your belief system. And we allow that to unfold, and then we begin to define our lives based on that stuff out there, forgetting that we're the ones who are in charge, making it all up to begin with. We may have tended to adopt a belief that the circumstance and its context has power in our lives. We can feel like we're overrun, overrun by all the stuff out there. That stuff has no bearing on the truth of your being or how you choose to unfold. It does not have any bearing on it, except when it does, which is when you decide for it to do so, whether you're doing it consciously or below the level of awareness. We create the meaning of our lives. Wow, that's just how powerful we are. We are infinitely powerful because we are creating the meaning of our lives at all times. How does that feel? And the rest of you? <laughs> Some people do get excited by it. I get excited by that now. I'll tell you, though, when I first came into this philosophy and I was told, you create the meaning of your life, I thought, oh, I've really done a poor job of that. <laughs> what am I to do now? Oh, not let myself be overrun by the circumstances and believing that the circumstances have any power in my life by remembering who I am and knowing that I am the creator of my circumstantial experience. And that has brought me such joy in my life. You know, every, every weekday when I do my mindful moment on Facebook and on YouTube, well, it's, it's simulcast, simulcast on Facebook, YouTube, and our website as a live video, at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday, I say that the, the power of a consistent spiritual practice is that it has enhanced the quality of my life. And that's why I share it. That's why I have chosen to make a career out of sharing it, sharing the information. And like I say every week, you get to decide what to do with it because I can't tell you what to think. I can't tell you what to believe. You get to make those determinations for yourself. But here's the question. Are you actively making those determinations, or are you letting yourself be guided by outside influences and circumstances? We are very powerful beings of light. And it is. All of it, 100% of our experience of life is made up. It's all made up. All of it. I have a friend who has a company that uh, is called It's All Made Up. That was what he was, It's All Made Up Incorporated. And he is a magnificent speaker. He has actually now become a New Thought minister when I knew him for years and years and years and years and years, <laughs> um, 
he was on his path of, inspira- of inspiring people without a ministerial credential. He was one of those, you know, awesome, uh, like, rah-rah, what, I can't think of what they're called. Like a motivational speaker, that's what it is. He's a motivational speaker, like he goes into corporations, and he's like, yes, you can, you can do it because it's all made up anyway, so why don't you make up your good? And he's, te- he's, he's spreading the teaching of new thought without calling it new thought, and I love that. And he calls his company, it's all made up. And then he said, it's I-A-M-U, and it spells out I-M-U. That's what I think about when I say it's all made up, that I am you. You are me. We are one wholeness. We are one infinite wholeness. And the manner of our relationship is the unfolding of this magnificence. And that's how I choose to understand every interaction. I wasn't always that way. Oh, was I not always that way? I used to get angry with people because they didn't comport to what I thought. I used to get angry with people because they didn't believe what I believed. I used to get angry with people because they were different. The irony of that is we're all different. And I am part of a community that is saying, hey, we're different. Let us allow ourselves to be fully loved in our differences. So we are divine source expressed. We are the nature of God expressed. We create the meaning of our lives, and that is where I can find myself sometimes lost in the depths. When I started the service today, I said, let us release anything that has preceded this moment. I use that phrase a lot. Let us release anything that has preceded this moment. And then I also usually follow it up with, let us let go of anything we anticipate will unfold in the future to be firmly rooted in this here and now moment. When I talk about creating the meaning of my life, but also knowing that I can get lost in the depths, usually what being lost in the depths is, is being blinded by a desire for what has been, for some nostalgic idea of a better existence in my previous life, whatever that is. My previous life also includes what happened five minutes ago, by the way, because I'm always in this here and now moment. But sometimes I'm blinded by a desire for what has been. I'd like to drag into this present moment all those good feelings. I don't usually want to drag into my present moment the bad feelings, but I do that sometimes too, unexpectedly. But here's the thing that I must always remind myself of, and I invite you to consider that this may be something you would like to remind yourself of. We are catalysts in every single present moment for what will be. And it all is rooted in the here and now. When I define myself and my goodness, my good, when I define myself and my good, based solely on the outer effects of my life, I am limiting my experience of life because those outer effects are limited. One of the biggest lessons... (laughs) There's this funny thing that happens, too. Because I wrote up in my notes, there's a lesson that I had to learn, right? Um... But who decided that I had to learn the lesson? Then is part of my question. 
And the thing I realize is that, oh, wait, I'm the one who created the curriculum of my life. And so I'm the one who set up the lesson for myself to learn because we don't teach that there's a God out there saying, you must learn this. I am going to put these experiences in your life so that you can learn this. No, what it is is that I have set up the curriculum and I attract into my life those things which will provide the coursework to learn the lesson. One of those lessons, and some of you will have heard me mention this before. I'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritty details of it, but... Uh, about 25 years ago, I was in an incredibly toxic relationship. Oh, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, there were aspects not of physical abuse, but of psychological abuse and financial abuse that I allowed myself to be in. The good news is I have learned the lesson and I can use it as a teaching tool now. I don't live within the context of those circumstances. I don't allow my inner relationship to those circumstances to be my present moment experience. And here's the even better news. Because I learned the lesson, I was not doomed to repeat it. There were some aspects of repeating the lesson until I was opened up in that moment going, wait, I'm repeating the lesson. Why am I doing this? Why am I allowing myself to be involved in toxicity in relationship? And here's the even greater lesson I learned in that. The common denominator in all the toxicity was me. One of the lyrics in this song, sometimes I lay down, no more I can do, but then I go on again because you ask me to. When I lay down the toxicity, I am inviting myself to be the you, to go on again, asking myself to go on again. I let go of the past and I let myself be firmly rooted in this moment, knowing that there is nothing that has any bearing on who I am or how I choose to be in this moment moving forward. Nothing in the past. I needn't allow anything from the past to have any bearing. And it is a constant unfoldment of opening and realization to be on alert for those things that I might still be bringing into my present moment from the past. I like to think that the you we all seek in times of hardship and sorrow, which I'm sure only a couple of us in this room have ever experienced hardship and sorrow. I, th I like to think that the you in those times is an infinite you-ness the beingness, that that's what we seek. It is the aspect of us as seekers that is causing us to seek in the first place. That there is that within each and every one of us that is here for a purpose, 
perhaps here at Unity for a purpose because we're seeking something. But you know what? I also believe that we have all incarnated on this plane of existence because we are seeking something in this thing called the unfoldment of life, the experience of life. The infinite you, here's the good news, the infinite you doesn't need a map because it is the infinite you that is setting the course. You're drawing the map as you go. But one thing I will ask you is if you are seeking, can you take to heart that you, the very energy of you is the thing that is causing you to seek? And if you think you are needing a map, can you let that go? It is an infinite act of faith. It is an infinite act of trust. Do we have the capacity to truly do that in our lives? Um, we have just completed two weeks discussing the essay Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson in our Emerson class. And I think there's a great aspect of what he's inviting us into is understanding that the infinite you, the you-ness, the beingness that you are, is worthy. And you get to decide the path of your life. Not having a map can feel scary. Like, trust me, I'm someone who likes to have everything organized just so. I would say I'm a Capricorn, but I don't even believe that. Because <laughs> I don't think that the relative position of the things in the universe really had any bearing on me, except to the degree that I allow them to. But I am very much a regimented, I like to have it in a particular way, and hmm, that's going to be the way it is, right? I like to know. I'm getting a lot more comfortable with the not knowing, and this, the Camino was a great exploration of not knowing, of letting go and trusting as I walked that 500-mile pilgrimage that I was going to experience what I was meant to experience because I was in the experience, present moment, in every moment. So not having a map, although on the Camino you do have a map, by the way, um, <laughs> Not having a map for the flow of your life can feel scary. Um, but we can also shift the context of what we define as scary, and maybe scary is actually excitedly thrilling. Oh, look what's coming forth. Look what I get to create. Look at the path I get to lead. How exciting is it that my spiritual path is uncharted? A shift in our internal relationship to the circumstances. That's why I say our experience is our mental relationship to that which is in the world of form. Since the path is uncharted, here's the other good news. You can never be ever where you are not meant to be. Wait, what did he say? <laughs> You're always where you should be. You're always where you should be. You can never be any place other than where you should be because you're the determination of the should. So wherever you would like to experience life, let yourself be fully present in that. Just because something has been doesn't mean it has to be. In the broadest sense, that actually does align with the arbitrary talk title today 
correlation doesn't equal, equal causation. Just because something has been, just because there's a corollary to it in your life, does not mean that you have to continue to cause it to happen in your life moving forward. If, if, if that were so, if correlation equaled causation, you know what? We would all be automatons. We would be mechanical expressions. Despite looking like we were independent, we would all not be able to break out of our programming. How will you choose to reprogram today? Our capacity to create is so magnificent. It is so great that we actually do easily engage in cause in our lives that is based on the past. But making our personal causation align with, uh, with prior correlation is not the path that is going to lead to infinite freedom. And I like to think that this is a philosophy that is inviting us into the expression of infinite freedom. Our path is not preordained. Our path is the expression of genius in every single moment. We are made new. There was a request that was brought to me last week to talk a little bit about quantum expression because there's a lot of people who are saying that new thought principle and philosophy is aligning with, with the quantum science that is being uncovered. And, and that is actually a lot of what we talked about when I was getting my uh, degree in consciousness studies. We, were talk we talked a lot about the quantum. You know, I mentioned it last... Did I mention last week? No, that was in class. I was going to say, I mentioned Schrodinger's cat, but that was in class, not in the Sunday celebration. So here's the thing. Here's how I will define it as quickly and easily as possible. We live in a quantum field of infinite potential. And we are part of that infinite field of potential, that quantum field of infinite potential. We can call that, we can call it God. We can call it whatever we want. But I correlate God with the quantum field of infinite potential. And each and every one of us are an instrument of the expression of that potential within the quantum field. What I'm saying there is we are all the expression of the divine. We are all the expression of God. We are those aspects of being which collapse a probability wave into expression. What the heck is he talking about? We are, through our beliefs, our thoughts, and our feelings, creating the causation that shows up as the effects of our lives. Our thoughts, our beliefs, and our feelings are collapsing the probability wave into form. And we are doing this all the time. Whether we are actively aware of it or have language to describe it or not, we are engaged in this all the time. So what will you bring into expression in your life today? The wave collapse can be a reflection of what has been just as easily as it can be something new. What would you like for it to be in your life? Your life is up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to anybody. It's not up to your spouse or partner. It's 
not up to your family. Your light is up to you. Your expression is an expression of divine willingness, the willingness of God to flow forth into form. What would you like for it to be? Choose to be the unique expression of cause and unique expressions of effect are guaranteed. Be willing to question the how, the manner in which you have been thinking. Is it rooted in habit that is not serving you? Be willing to question it. And the only way to break a habit is to decide to break it and then take the action steps in order to see through its being broken. Consider for a moment that you have everything you need because the infinite potential is who you are flowing forth into expression here and now. Right where you are is right where you're supposed to be. It is all perfect. You are perfect. Why not accept it all as perfect? After all, it's all made up. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. If you're new to our community, I choose to offer homework every single week as a manner in which we can put into practice the message of the day to make practical this spiritual philosophy, which sometimes can feel impractical. It's like, oh, it's so airy-fairy. It's like, oh, our thoughts create. Well, they do. So the homework is to say, be in charge of your thoughts. So this week, what I would like us to do is to perhaps break some of the habits in mind that we've been living with. And I'm going to invite us all into active, conscious consideration in our lives. The way I want us to do it is, and, I, and, and I'm not going to make you do this all week, although I've given a similar assignment where I've said, do this all week, and then people go, absolutely not. <laughs> I would like you to choose one day this week. Just choose one day this week, and during that 24 hours, I want you to say yes to everything that is presented to you. That's always the response. <laughs> now, some people may say, well, that's a dangerous proposition. Well, here's an aspect of saying yes. Be open to understanding when a no is actually a yes in support of your well-being. That's the homework this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.